There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Outdoor adventures won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel, gum, and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. I do. Now pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Welcome to This Country Life. I'm your host, Brent Reeves. From coon hunting to trot lining and just general country living, I want you to stay a while as I share my stories and country skills that'll help you beat the system. This Country Life is proudly presented as part of Meat Eaters Podcast Network, bringing you the best outdoor podcasts the airways have to offer. All right, friends, pull you up a chair or drop that tailgate. I think I got a thing or two to teach you. Where to eat when you're on the road. Who's hungry? Hungry? Brent, what do you mean who's hungry? What's hungry got to do with it? If it's time to eat, (laughs) let's eat. So it's time and you're in an area you ain't familiar with, so what you gonna do? How you gonna find a spot that's got the vittles you like without eating the same old thing at the clown's place or at that other burger joint where the dude wears the crown and the britches like Shakespeare? Well, I'm gonna tell you. We're gonna cover all of that and more, but first, I'm gonna tell you a story. There was an old country store near New Edinburgh, Arkansas, located in the fork where one graveled county road wide and became two. One went toward our house and the other toward Crane Lake, where it wasn't uncommon in the spring and summer to find a boat full of Reeves boys drowning crickets one bluegill brim at a time. Now that store had been there for as long as I can remember. And Mr. Almas Marks owned and operated it and had since what seemed like before the Allies put the Germans in check the first time. But when Mr. Almas retired, some folks took it over that were nice and friendly enough and provided a service to the rest of us living in the the country by not having to drive all the way to town for a few necessities. The only issue was while they kept the store clean, their personal hygiene habits were somewhat suspect. That's not true. They weren't suspect at all. They were non-existent. 
So we didn't buy sandwiches that they made there, but we would get lunch meat, bread, and other packaged groceries. My dad and I were headed home one evening from the lake, and as we got inside of the store, Dad said, how about we fry up some bologna for supper? Now let's talk about fried bologna for just a minute. It's one of those uh, things that if you know, you know. Our bologna had a first name, and it wasn't O-S-C-A-R like that old Oscar Mayer jingle suggested. It was P-E-T-I-T and stood for Petit Jean Bologna that was and continues to be made right here in the great state of Arkansas. And when I say there's no comparison between how good Petit Jean Bologna is, fried or otherwise, when compared to every other facsimile of lunch meat calling itself bologna, you better pay attention because I have just rendered unto you indisputable facts from the book of Brent for the people of Brent. It is that good. But I digress. And back to the story. We called them just before they closed and went straight to the meat counter. The lady said, hey, buddy, you and Brent catch any fish today? My dad said, yes, ma'am, but we're too hungry to clean them and cook them tonight. So we're just going to clean these fish and just fry up some bologna for supper. With a smile that had teeth but resembled a fence around a haunted house, she smiled and said, how much do y'all want? And I was still young, and I was at eye level on the customer side of the glass. She fired up the meat slicer, and I watched her as she reached into that lighted meat counter for that uncut five-pound stick of pettigene bologna with the filthiest hands and fingernails I'd ever seen on a human being. It looked like she was wearing a pair of dirty brown mule gloves. My dad saw it, too. I slowly looked up at him and seeing the disgusted look of horror on his face and waited for his next move. It was then I got a lesson. In my mind, we had two options. One, just say we changed our mind and grabbed some crackers and potted meat and hit the door. Or two, try to build a sandwich from the best bologna on the planet that had been sliced and packaged by hands resembling a literal petri bucket of weapons-grade nasty. There was no amount of heat in that skillet that was going to erase that image out of my head. However, in one of the slickest moves I've ever been blessed to witness, my dad stammered a little at first, but gained his composure and said, wait a minute, I'll, I'll just take the whole stick and I'll come around and get it out of there. And just like that, he had chosen option three, which was take her completely out of the equation. We had fried bologna for supper that night instead of potted meat and crackers or a staph infection. As a matter of fact, we had fried bologna for quite a while, and that's just how that happened. All right, amigo, it's time to eat, and we're rolling through a place we've never been or an area we're just not familiar with, and it's time for some grub. You can always grab that stuff that'll slowly kill you from the side of the road, and I'm not talking about roadkill. Speaking of roadkill, my brother Tim and I were headed back to our camp, cruising along on top of the Arkansas River levee with some duck hunting clients from New Jersey after a successful hunt many years ago. All of a sudden, a doe deer ran out in front of us and wound up under my old Bronco and our boat and trailer, which doesn't fare well for the longevity of a doe deer. Tim called the game ward, and he said we could have it. So we loaded her up in the boat, took off for the duck camp, roadkill. It's just like sweet milk. It does a body good. But being fresh out of roadkill, 
Clay Newcomb and I found ourselves in this very situation only a short time ago, coming home from a turkey hunt in Missouri. We ain't had a bite to eat all day, and it had done got over into the afternoon, so we started looking for some groceries. Soon as we hit the city limits of Lebanon, Missouri, population 15,013 in the hometown of Harold Bell Wright, author of the novel Shepherd of the Hills. I'm driving and Clay starts digging around on Google looking for a good spot. Well, Google will only take you so far and you never really know about those online reviews about the food. There's no telling who wrote it and there's folks out here running around that'll eat anything. And if that wasn't true, Louis Grizzard would have never warned us years ago about how you never, ever eat at a place that says they have food just like your mama's. I promise you, they do not. It's all a matter of taste or lack of, and I've been in different parts of this great nation of ours and had some great food, but there are some drastic differences in what folks call good food. Some of it is a struggle to call food, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who think I'm crazy for loving squirrels like I do. My wife is one of them, but what does she know? Her judgment is obviously suspect from the company she keeps. And my dad who killed more squirrels than any person I know on this orbiting rock we call Earth, wouldn't have had one if he was starving to death. That's a true story. But that's fine. More for me. And I ain't got to share. So back to Lebanon and mining Claybo's hunger pains. He mentioned something about a Mexican place he was reading about, and I like Mexican food. My wife, Alexis, who is from Texas, could eat it for breakfast. But I get kind of burnt out on it after a while, so I told him to look for something a little more north of the border. About that time, he said there's a barbecue and a fish place right up the road, according to Google. Ah, fish. I know it's going to be catfish, and I could eat fish every day. And if they've got barbecue, my kind of barbecue, then it went oink instead of move prior to its arrival to the restaurant. As we got closer, I could see the sign and the vehicles in the parking lot. About as many cars as trucks and a couple of big rigs that were park there too. Now there's our clues about the food right here, right out in the bald open. Truckers can sniff out a place to eat, but you can't always go by where you see their trucks. Sometimes they have to eat where they can get their trucks parked off the road, so it could be a place of convenient parking, more so than the quality of the food. Also, you got to figure in the time of day. If it's in the early afternoon between dinner and supper, you know, the noon and the evening meal, and the parking is at a premium and resembles a slow day at the used car lot, you're probably in for some good vittles. On the other hand, if it's getting close to the time when people normally eat and parking lot is empty, well, that's a sign that they're either closed or they should be. Now, most kids would eat chicken out of a mailbox. Don't matter where you are or what you're doing. It could be the finest Italian Chinese or famous steakhouse restaurant or any food-specific-oriented place, and they'll holler, I want some chicken strips. And I have to admit, I like them too. But you need to be careful about the food you order from places not necessarily themed in that direction. Trout Almondine, which I love from a nice place in Little Rock that Alexis and I go to on occasion, is not something I'd order if I saw it on the menu or at a, at a cafe or a diner where you can see in the kitchen and, and the waitress calls you honey. They might be fine, but a safer bet is the chicken fried steak. That's my default at any place I'm unfamiliar with and don't receive any vibes from the menu or 
plates of those eating around me. It's hard to screw up a chicken fried steak. Now, it can be done, but come on. It ain't that hard to fix a decent one. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and saw old chef Kevin Gillespie sharing his grandma's family recipe for a chicken fried steak that had me hankering for one, the one that he was cooking, before the video ended. I'll tell you one thing for sure. The one he was cooking would have been a safe bet anywhere and anytime. Which brings me back to picking out a place to eat and ordering food from a place you really don't feel is suited to be serving it. Would I eat spaghetti from Baskin Robbins? No. What about fried rabbit from an army mess hall? Yes. Would I regret it? Definitely. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but there's one product that stood the test of time, Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who's used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going. You do know someone. Me. I've been using it for years. Really. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep the trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Yeah, and Market House provides everything from grass-fed beef to free-range chicken, Mm. grass-fed lamb, and even wild-caught king crab and seafood. Market House keeps small farm values, trusted sources, and clean mouth-watering food for your family. And like I said, Market House ships all orders overnight. Order today, enjoy tomorrow. And you can even keep the camo on for dinner, even if the filet mignon is on the table. With Market House, it doesn't matter because the cuts and catches come straight to your door. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. And everybody knows how hard it is these days to find high-quality, sustainably sourced meat and seafood at their local grocery store. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.
In September of 1987, I found myself in the company of several hundred other freshly peel-headed, America-loving volunteer army recruits at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. If you've never been there, you should go. It's quite an anomaly. The wind blows in every direction at once, all the time, and everywhere you need to march or run to next is always uphill, and all the folks you see are mad and hollering at you for you to hurry up. Now, that post was built back in 1869 and has been occupied by the United States Army ever since. It was a stepping-off point for a lot of Western expansion back in the day when the government's idea of getting into the realty business was showing up at someone's door with a cannon and asking them if they'd ever thought about selling out and moving away. It's also the burial place of Geronimo, and we used to run past his grave every morning during P.T., It was the only section of ground where we were silent when we passed out of respect. We were training to be warriors, and our drill sergeants demanded we honor a real one. Unfortunately, that same level of respect was not shown to whoever was in charge of buying meat for the mess sergeant to cook for his troops. More on that in a minute. It was Friday evening, and we were standing in formation outside the mess hall, about a month into basic training. Army breakfast at that time was as good as you could get in any cafe. Eggs to order, grits, pancakes, sausage, bacon, toast, biscuits, gravy, SOS. Don't know what SOS is? Ask your grandpa when your grandma ain't listening. He'll tell you. But I enjoyed breakfast. It's still my favorite meal of the day, and and we'll have it for supper sometimes now. But back at Fort Sill, once you got to the next two meals of the day, It was a crapshoot as to what the menu held, especially for a country boy from Arkansas. Lots of hamburgers, spaghetti, baked pork chops, and ham, things like that that were were edible, but they just tasted bland to me. Now, I also realized that they were feeding a multitude of troops and only keeping us healthy enough to brutalize on a daily basis. That was the real reason they were letting us eat anyway. They didn't fix food like I'd grown up eating like that cornbread I was eating every day that was so sweet I thought it was cake. I remember a buddy of mine from Boston said, Boy, you country boys really like that cornbread, huh? You eat it like dessert every day. I'm sure that ain't really like how he talks, but that's the way I remember it. But anyway, I answered, Man, I ain't had no cornbread since I left home. I've been seeing it posted on the menu just about every day, but by the time we get here, all that got left is this cake. As disappointed as I was in the Army's version of cornbread, I don't know why I was so excited to see fried rabbit posted on the mess hall menu one evening. Did I see that right? Fried rabbit? Oh, Lord, y'all, please don't wake me up. Let me finish this beautiful dream I'm having about eating a mess of fried cottontails. It was October and rabbit season back home, and I love fried cottontail rabbit. And though I was only a Away in a neighboring state, I might as well have been on the moon when it come time to eat and supper every day. Nothing was the same, and yet there it was, right there on the menu, fried rabbit. I was about to be rudely awakened from that dream. By the time it took to move the 40 or so troops in front of me out of the way so I could get some groceries, I was about to have a fit. I could smell the familiar aroma of fried food about a minute before I got the first glimpse of what the Army called fried rabbit. There was a huge pile of them there behind the glass, and they all looked like hind legs, the hind legs off a Shetland pony. 
I'd never seen such a sight, and I couldn't imagine how big the rabbit was they'd cut them legs off of. My immediate thought is, I wish they'd left the foot on there so I'd know exactly what critter that running gear had come from that I was about to eat. But they said it was rabbit, and I was excited to eat it. The mess hall PFC looked up at me and said, one or two. Now, wait a minute. They gonna let me have two of them? I'm in. I answered, two, private. And he dropped two of them magnet rabbit hams on my tray, blowing mashed taters and English peas off into the floor and on me like that rabbit's last act of defiance before getting it was giving the boys on KP something to mop up after we'd left. Them rabbit legs took up so much space on my tray that I had to tote my cornbread cake in the cargo pocket of my BDUs. There's rules for everything in basic training. Everything. Your drill sergeant is there to encourage you to follow them. He's there to tell you when to eat, how long you can eat, when to stop eating, and when to get up and get out of the mess hall so you can run uphill some more. He's also there to make sure you clean your plate of all the food the Army prepared for you. Every bite. They'll feed you a lot, but you better eat it or there would be repercussions. That had slipped my mind when the opportunity of getting two rabbit legs came about. Two's better than one, right? Well, that's what I thought. Now, when our drill sergeant finally said we had five minutes to eat, I grabbed that first humongous rabbit leg, did a bicep curl to get it up to my mouth, and took a bite. The amount of grease that ran out of the corners of my mouth was enough to have had a small fish fry. It was terrible. It was tough as woodpecker lips, chewed like a tennis ball, and I had two of them to eat. That was 36 years ago, and I ain't had a bite of fried rabbit since. Not even a nibble. Michael Roseman has some Good rabbit dogs, and I love hunting them, so I think I'll try them again this winter, and I'll let y'all know how that goes. Growing up in the South, and I can only guess it's the same way in most points of the compass, but here folks look for an occasion to gather and eat. Someone died. Someone had a baby. Somebody got married. Somebody had an anniversary. Somebody got paroled whatever it's all cook eat fellowship and enjoy everyone's company that's why the food being so good is important you're out there on a long trip it'll help those long ones seem a little shorter it'll add joy to the good times and comfort to the hard ones but let the food be bad and woe is me it'll only compound the pain i'll give you a prime example of bad food making a bad situation worse Many moons ago, and before I had the sense equal to what God gave a goose, and before I corrected my self-initiated salt upon my liver and senses, I stumbled home in the early morning darkness on a Sunday morning after making a long night of bad decisions. I'd made so many bad decisions that night that one would think I didn't have any left to make between Mama's front door and my bedroom. But I did. I had one more left in me. And boy, it was a good one. A fellow that has restricted his diet to adult beverages for several hours will eventually get hungry. And since I was walking through the kitchen at the time, I realized I hadn't eaten anything all day. What better place to stop and fix myself a snack? There were no leftovers in the icebox, so I looked up in the freezer and I found a bag of frozen breaded chicken strips. They looked fantastic on the picture on the bag. Why not throw a handful of these rascals in the microwave and have myself a snack before hitting the hay? Remember what I said about kids eating chicken out of a mailbox? Well, 
Folks that pour a thief in their mouth all night to steal their brains will eat warmed-up raw chicken strips from the microwave and get salmonella poisoning. Mm -hmm. I'll spare you any more details about what happened a few hours later that continued for a couple of days, but if you're curious as to whether I lived through that literal biblical flood of sickness, I can't tell you, because I'm still not sure. I told my dad about that years later, and he told me that that wasn't uncommon for young men to lose their sense of good judgment in an hour of weakness, and that it had happened to him as well. He said he remembered drinking moonshine all night in his youth, and he'd eaten one peanut. The next day he woke up, he felt so bad, he swore he'd never eat peanuts again. <laughs> So let's bring this home. Where are we going to eat when we're out on the road? You can easily find all the franchise places that we're all familiar with, but I like to look for the places where the folks that are cooking are dependent on feeding enough people to pay their light bills and make their car payments. These folks are taking pride in what they're preparing and hoping you'll like it as well. They want you to like it well enough to come back. Places like Cheryl's Diner, Cabot, Arkansas, where you can eat a platter of groceries called a gobbly goop. It's every breakfast item you can think of except pancakes piled on two cathead biscuits and covered in gravy. I can hear my left ventricle slamming shut just thinking about it. Mm, boy, it's good. How about Big Zach's place in Logansport, Louisiana for fish, steaks, and crawfish? Or some vittles from Stanley's famous pit barbecue in Tyler, Texas? I've even got it on good authority that Spanky's Diner in Newfoundland, PA, makes the world's greatest cream chip beef over toast breakfast any Pennsylvanian or any other human being would be fortunate enough to poke a fork in. There's goodness in supporting our neighbors, and I'm not saying the folks that are slinging fries and burgers out of the drive-thru or running the franchises ain't our neighbors because our neighbors are working there. I'm saying let's not forget about the places off the beaten path. I like to look for them first. Make sure that late night chicken's cooked thoroughly. And if you ever find yourself in Lebanon, Missouri, and have a hankering for some catfish, Dowd's Catfish House and Barbecue, about a half mile off of Interstate 44, is a safe bet. You can tell them me and old Claybo sent you. This is Brent Reeves signing off. Y'all be careful. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Outdoor adventures won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel, gum, and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. 
Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. I do. Now pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. 